Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. The X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All Hit Radio. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, around the world on Radio X throughout Europe, around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network, and of course, the Exxon Broadcast Network. If you'd like to check us out online, it's very simple Exxon Radio TV on all major social media sites. Our radio website is www.exxonradiotv.com. And to find out what other great programming we have for you, 724-365, visit us online at xzbn.net. My guest this hour, Exonation, is Dr. Simeon Hine, and uh, he is the director of the Nonprofit Institute for Resonance in Boulder, Colorado. The Institute is dedicated to the study of subtle energy sciences, including remote viewing, crop circles, and related subjects. Dr. Simeon has a Ph.D. in sociology and has previously taught research methodology at Washington State University. He first learned remote viewing in 1996 and subsequently became involved in crop circle research. Now, he believes that all crop circles, regardless of their origin, create energetic effects by virtue of their shape and subtle interaction between humans, plants, and sacred geometry. In addition to assisting with the Institute for Resonant Crop Circle Tours, he continues to offer online remote viewing classes. Simeon's most recent book is Black Swan Ghost, a sociologist encounter witnesses to unexplained aerial craft, their occupants, and other elements of the multiverse. His website, www.newcrystalmind.com. And Dr. Simeon, welcome back to the Exxon. It has been way too long. Yeah, no, thanks a lot, Rob. It's been too long. It's great to talk to you again. First of all, congratulations on your new book. Tell us a little bit about it. Thanks. Oh, thanks for mentioning that. You know, uh, in the course of learning remote viewing, I came across, starting 20 years ago, uh, witnesses who had worked in NASA, worked with the government, different intelligence agencies. I began to hear more and more stories that something was being covered up and over 20 years, I encountered so many witnesses, many of them just ordinary people, but people mm-hmm. I knew well, people who I knew were telling me the truth about what they'd seen, people who had never gone public before, uh, that there was this underlying pattern of contact that we really don't talk about as a society. You don't read about it in the news, but people are having these types of contacts or experiences or in the line of their professional work, seeing photos of things that we're told don't exist. And sure. yet there are the things like, you know, pictures of bases on the moon or whatever they yep. are. 
So I call it a kind of a black swan ghost topic because it's it's kind of just at the edge of our awareness, right? Yes. But people are having these experiences. Where do they go to talk about this, you know? So that's what the book's about is how do you talk about things that are so controversial that if you did, you could lose your job or destroy your reputation, yet you know you saw something. You know, you've been doing this for 20 years. I've been doing this show for 25 years, 26 years Good. this year. Good for you. And, and thank you, sir. And the question is, why all the secrecy? Why the cover-up? Why the conspiracy? It's a good question, Rob, isn't it? You know, I think it's a big question, and I think it has a lot of different answers. It's not just one answer. It's mm -hmm. not just that the government's covering it up. I think it kind of goes both ways. I think at a very deep level, societies don't want to be disturbed by new facts, pretty much. That's my conclusion. Any of us, we, we sort of want to believe for the most part that things are the way we think they are, even if we're into conspiracy theory or something like that. And the government just sort of follows along with that, too. They think that people will be too disturbed if they find out the truth. At least maybe that's what they believe. Right. Yeah. So these things sort of reinforce each other. But the yet, fact that but now like you government to keep it consistent and the governments want to keep it that way. So that's where we are. But yet you've got a governor uh, uh, president right now in the White House who believes yeah. in conspiracy theories, yeah. who uses the alternative media more than any other sitting president exactly. in history. So do you think, I've got about a minute left before I have to take my break. Do you think that President Trump is going to be the person who is going to bring disclosure yeah. to the masses? I do. I think he's the guy to do it. I think our best shot is with Trump because he has his alternative views and he's not yeah. afraid to express them. Yeah, absolutely. All right. You and I have to take our break. Great hearing from you again. Exonation, Dr. Simeon. He and is our special guest, www. Got your pencils ready? All right. Newcrystalmind.com. And his uh, latest book website, blackswanghosts.com. This is The Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. And like I said, you can always check us out on any of the social media sites, Exxon Radio TV. Our website, www.exxonradiotv.com. And once again, for our network, the Exxon Radio Network, the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. We'll both be back. Don't go away. Hi, everyone. Rob McConnell here, and I wanted to spend a moment on Internet streaming. Everybody has heard about Internet streaming, but not many know much about it. Did you know the Internet streams just about everything? Movies. From new releases to old classics. TV shows. Almost every show, every episode, and much more. But the question has always been, how do you do it? Well now, thanks to the folks at 123 Ready TV, I have the answer for you. They have developed a simple program app, 123 Ready TV, that you install on your Windows PC, Android smartphone, or Android tablet that can have you streaming like a pro in less than five minutes. You truly won't believe how much is available or how easy it is to do until you try. And for a one-time cost of only $19.99, since this product is a real winner. To learn more about 123 Ready TV, visit our website at www.xzbn.net. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network. Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. How would you like to be able to read other people's minds? Well, the next best thing is here. When you know how to read a person's name, you know how the person thinks, feels, and behaves. Each letter in our name holds a key to unlock our true essence. Our name contains both our gifts and challenges in this lifetime. Nemology Science discovers personality secrets hidden in the placement of the letters of our names, including the first and last impression people remember about us. Sharon shows us how to interpret the arrangement of letters as outlined in her book, Know the Name, Know the Person. 
Sharon Lynn Wyeth created Nemology Science after 18 years of research and testing her theories and has supported thousands of people around the world in understanding themselves and others better. You'll enjoy Sharon's unique teachings as she shares her system to learn the gifts behind your given birth name. Even if you don't like your birth name, there are jewels in this book. If you're thinking of changing your name, ready to name your child, or wanting to get along better with others, this is the book for you. If you'd like to improve your relationships and change your life for the better, get the book today. Know the name, know the person. Or visit www.knowthename.com. That's www.knowthename.com. Take a step back in time and discover old Florida cuisine at Marsh Landing Restaurant in Felsmere, Florida. Enjoy delicacies such as frog legs, gator tail, catfish, and swamp cabbage, or enjoy the more traditional cuisine such as hand-cut Angus steaks, ribs, and seafood. Join us for breakfast with a Southern Flair featuring sweet potato pancakes, biscuits and gravy, and much more. Planning a party? Marsh Landing's private dining rooms can accommodate groups from 8 to 80 people. While you visit, enjoy the historic pictures, artifacts, and stories that line the walls. Marsh Landing is truly a unique experience. Marsh Landing Restaurant, 44 North Broadway in historic downtown Felsmere. Or visit marshlandingrestaurant.com. Marsh Landing, Old Florida cuisine at its best. Welcome back, everyone. Dr. Simeon Hine is our special guest of this hour. Here's a couple of websites, www.newcrystalmind.com. And uh, the latest book that uh, Dr. Hine has uh, put out is entitled, are you ready for this? Black Swan Ghosts, a sociologist encounters witnesses to unexplained aerial craft, their occupants, and other elements of the multiverse. That website is blackswanghost.com. And where can uh, people get a copy of your book, uh, Simeon? Uh so far, it's just on Amazon. You can get a print version, which is pretty nifty looking, mm-hmm. and for a little bit less, you can get a Kindle ebook version. I hope to have it on the iBook Store, Apple iBook Store, soon too. All right. So, so you talk about remote viewing, you talk about crop circles, and you talk about UFOs. When did you get involved in crop circle? Uh, I'm sorry, in remote viewing. Yeah, Rob. That was shortly after I finished graduate school. I was teaching statistics and I took a break for a couple of years just to look at other things. And I just, someone was talking about remote viewing on my community radio station in Boulder, Colorado, who was uh, Dr. Courtney Brown at the time, was still a political scientist at Emory University. And uh, I mean, he was saying things to me that seemed unbelievable. And yet the guy was a PhD in political science. He also studied chaos theory like me. So I sort of thought, well, can't be all that bad, right? And uh, he studied research method statistics. So I just I, he had I got his book. You know, I almost put the book back on the shelf in the bookstore. I went to the bookstore the next day and I almost put it back. And, that, you know, that little voice in the back of my mind said, mm. you should go back and get that book. Right. It's really, I walked out the door. I turned around, and went back and got the book. And so you can see I was partly skeptical. And I didn't think that the average person had any so-called psychic ability. That's what he said. The remote viewing project that the military had uh, done for 20 years showed to us. It was a remote, it was a a military uh, intelligence, you know, special access project for the U S government. The Russians had been doing it for a while and the U S initially wanted to disprove it. They didn't want to worry about it, but they found it worked and they created their own psychic spies. And then it was declassified in 95. Courtney started teaching it in 96. Anyway, I heard about it when it took his course in Atlanta, Georgia, eight day course. And to my surprise, it really did work. Uh, I couldn't explain how it worked, but within a couple of days, I had some really good sessions. Basically, what that means is there's a hidden target that your monitor has ahead of time. They give you some random numbers and ask you to describe the picture or the target or whatever. And I had some that were really good. I mean, they surprised me. They were that good. And I, You don't know how you do it. It just sort of comes out of your unconscious mind, but you write down everything that you're perceiving you think you're making it up because you don't see the target picture until later, your so-called feedback. Right. But there it was. It worked. I didn't know how it worked. I, I'm not sure I wanted it to work, but I was <laughs> never – I don't think I've ever recovered from that. So how would you describe remote viewing to listeners 
who may be tuning in for the very first time listening to you and I and hear the words remote viewing and they're saying, what is that? Good question. It's a name that they gave to this project, this technique. They couldn't find any other way to describe it. It's perceiving non-local information. Uh, Some people call it anomalous cognition. Uh, It's perceiving people, places, events that are far away from you physically, but accurately describing them without using your physical senses. So you're picking up on some sort of vibe or frequency, kind of analogous an analogous way to a radio mm-hmm. signal. Just on a radio band, you know there are lots of channels, and just because you're not perceiving one, you still know it's there. It's kind of like that. Most of the time, we're perceiving the reality around us through our eyes and our ears, our physical senses. But there are other channels, a lot of them, and they relate to other things that are going on, and you can somehow tap into the resonance of that signal. That's why it's not really remote viewing. You're not necessarily viewing you could be perceiving other types of information and it's not really remote in the sense that the signal is kind of next to you is like in the air the same way radio signals are it's there so how do you how do you differentiate between the signals you're getting that are anomalous to the signals that you are getting pertaining to your target yeah you really don't know until the end of the session and that's what makes it so challenging rob it's a good point your job is to write down everything you perceive during the session You have to trust that it works. Your conscious mind has no way of verifying during the session if you're making it all up or if it's 100% accurate. Mm -hmm. You don't know. And when the session is done, you're given your target picture for the most part, and you can see how much of it was off target and how much of it describes that particular scene. And you'll find, as what the statisticians found, you're getting a lot more than you should be if you were just guessing. Wow. And it proves that it works. So who would very good at it? Who would use who would use remote viewing, doctor? Well, I think we all do it, Rob. I think we all do it naturally all the time when it matters. You know, um, everyone gets intuitive feelings from time to time about their surroundings, the people are around, or specifically family. You know, you get this feeling to call a family member or something. Mm-hmm. You maybe you've heard cases people on the show may have talked about where someone passed away and the other person just called right around that time. They yes. had a feeling. Sure. I think it's a natural ability that's built into all of this. All of us. Uh, nature built it in because it has survival value and it can be augmented. It can be worked with and fine tuned. And that's what the remote viewing project for the U.S. military did. They wanted to get people that could be good at it to use it for espionage. I understand that Yuri Geller, the famous spoonbender, has uh, has been using remote viewing as well for the military. Yeah, it's true. Apparently there's that uh, video. I think you're referring to the same information I saw. There's a video on YouTube about it that he says he's been working for governments for mm-hmm. a long time. Uh, interestingly enough, he was one of the original subjects that they tested wow. to see if it was real. They got him to come over from Israel. He went over to uh, Palo Alto to work at Stanford Research Institute, as it was called at the time. Uh, now it's uh, it used to be part of Stanford University. And uh, they uh, tested him. Russell Targ and Hal Putoff tested him. Yep. They, they did some targets for the CIA, and uh, they kind of blew him away. He was really good. Uh, whoever says that Yuri was just like some sort of fraud or something, it's completely wrong. He was really good. You talk to the people who work with him, he, could, he did what he said he could do. I agree with you 100%. In fact, we've had uh, um, Russell Targ on the show many times. Yeah, and, sure, sure. Uh, and, you know, he says that uh, Yuri Geller is the real thing. But He's how did real. you go from, cro- uh, from remote viewing, doctor, to crop circles? Good question. Um, Courtney Brown gave us some crop circle targets as remote viewing targets because uh, not at the beginning, towards the end of the week in the first course, because once you view ordinary targets, you know, like mountains and and landmarks and, you know, Eiffel Towers and Washington Monuments, things like that, ordinary targets that you can verify, it's kind of fun to give the viewer anomalous targets where you really don't know what's going on to see if you can learn more information about what's happening. And in the middle 90s, no one knew what was making crop circles. And I didn't even know what the word meant when I took his course in 96. Uh, I had never heard of crop circles. I mean, coming out of academics, no one talked about that in, in a university. 
And I was just intrigued because in my session, I got a lot of interesting information and things, Rob, that were a little hard to describe. So I met someone a couple months later, Ron Russell, who was giving crop circle tours. I met him at a conference and I thought I should go over there to England and get my feedback, right? Remote viewing is depending on feedback. The only way I'd go over there, see what you were viewing. And I found that there were a lot of anomalies around crop circles that people were reporting, especially with their equipment, batteries, cameras, things that hard to explain that I found happened to my own equipment after a while. And I just became intrigued and kept going back there. I still, I give tours there now. So, so what what is your analysis of what a crop circle is based on your experience? You know, a crop circle is kind of like a defect in a field of wheat because normally the, the, the stalks of wheat are standing mm -hmm. up straight. Yeah. And once something or someone goes in to create a pattern there, you've created a very coherent crystalline shape. And it looks pretty from the air. It looks kind of amazing. It kind of has an otherworldly feel, but we found it has seems to have super conductive properties or something like that because it can short out your equipment pretty quickly. And that doesn't happen normally in a wheat field. So it's a very, you know, coherent symmetrical shape often that seems to have electromagnetic properties that are very hard to describe why they exist, given that you're just dealing with wheat. But it has something to do with uh, the shape and energy and you interact with it in a way that's hard to hard to explain. Is there an ET connection when it comes to crop circles? Yeah, I think there is. And there's been a lot of debate about this for a long time. But in Black mm -hmm. Swan Ghosts, I interviewed a witness, uh, Louise Vobes. She's no longer with us. She's passed on. But she described picking huckleberries in Usk, Washington and seeing a disc come over and flatten plants as it left. Not in a crop circle form, Rob, but just it flattened a straight line of plants flat to the ground, she said, as it left. Uh, it was so uh, uh, such a scene that the military actually came up and sealed the area off. People left out of fear and the mil called the sheriff. The military came up. The area was closed off for a week. But she's an, an eyewitness to the fact that these vehicles, wherever they're from, if they're ET, we don't know exactly who's in them, are connected to flattening plants. It, we know we, I've heard about that for a while, but here's a witness I know that said they saw it. So I think there is some connection. In more recent times, people make a lot of them, too, but they're equally energetically active. So in my view, all types are real. Based on your experience as a remote viewer, have you ever tried to remote view the contents of a UFO or the occupants yes, of a UFO? We have. And what have you found? Um, it's very interesting to do that. Uh, uh, we've sent viewers onto these craft. You just give them a picture, a good picture of the particular event, and mm. then you tell them to move inside. You don't tell them what they're looking at. You say move inside and describe, move inside what you're perceiving, describe. Um, a variety of types of technology that seem very difficult to uh, have the vocabulary to describe from our point of view. It's, it's more advanced technology. People have encountered different beings. They have encountered the sense that they're being watched while they're doing the viewing session, which is pretty rare, but pretty startling when it happens. The feeling that the, the, the beings on the ship are viewing you back. Ooh. Uh, I don't know how that's possible, but that's what they described to me. And uh, sometimes we've traced these objects back to where they come from. It could be far away. It could be other dimensions. What quickly happens, Rob, is you start to get to the edge of your vocabulary. Remote viewing is only as good as the words you can use to describe what you're perceiving. It's hard enough to describe an ordinary target during an RV session, right? Because mm -hmm. you don't know what you're seeing. But a, a target like an ET or a... a unexplained aircraft craft target is even more challenging for the most part, unless it's something that's just conventional because you're dealing with things you've never encountered before, but they're a lot of fun. And I think it's very good exercise for viewers to do this. Keep in mind, you can't verify it at the end, but it's still a lot of fun to do it. All right. Uh, Dr. Simeon Hine is my special guest. Here's a couple of websites, ExoNation. The first one is his blog at www.newcrystalmind.com. That's newcrystalmind.com. And for all the latest information on his new book, Black Swan Ghost, a sociologist encounters witnesses to unexplained aerial craft, their occupants, and other elements of the multiverse, that website is blackswanghosts.com. Now, we have to take our news break for the bottom of the hour, but uh, Dr. Simeon Hine and I will be back as we continue investigating the world of the paranormal 
and the science of parapsychology right here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to send an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com on all social media sites, TV, as well as xzbn.net. And our uh, network website is www.xzbn.net. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. Dr. Simeon Hine and I return on the other side of the news. Don't go away. Hi everyone, Rob McConnell here, and I wanted to spend a moment on internet streaming. Everybody has heard about internet streaming, but not many know much about it. Did you know the internet streams just about everything? Movies. From new releases to old classics. TV shows. Almost every show, every episode, and much more. But the question has always been, how do you do it? Well now, thanks to the folks at 123 Ready TV, I have the answer for you. They have developed a simple program app, 123 Ready TV, that you install on your Windows PC, Android smartphone, or Android tablet that can have you streaming like a pro in less than five minutes. You truly won't believe how much is available or how easy it is to do until you try. And for a one-time cost of only $19.99, this product is a real winner. To learn more about 123 Ready TV, visit our website at www.xzbn.net. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. True healing must address four levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, for us to live joyful and productive lives. We tend to treat three of the four, leaving the spiritual languishing. If you're tired of the same dysfunctional patterns cropping up in your life, soul balancing is for you. Trixie Phelps, owner and founder of Soul Balancing, is a naturally gifted energy healer trained in numerous esoteric forms, including shamanism. Trixie has created a powerful modality that safely and effectively clears your energetic field. A soul balancing session can remove interference, heal trauma, and restore your hope. Contact Trixie for a life-changing long-distance session today, www.soulbalancing.world. There's a legend shared by many indigenous cultures of a time when the nations were cast to the four corners of the world. Each nation was given a body of sacred knowledge that held a different portion of the truth to preserve. True reality could not be known until all the nations reunited, combining the information. If a single one was missing, the world could not be reborn and darkness would prevail. 
The Science of Magic Radio is dedicated to reuniting the sacred knowledge. With the understanding, none of us has all the answers, but together we can open new perceptions and possibilities. Through our combined vision, the world can be reborn into a place where darkness no longer prevails. Join me, Gwilda Wiecka, and the Science of Magic daily on the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net, or visit us at thescienceofmagic.net. Welcome back, everyone. Dr. Simeon Hine is our special guest of this hour. www.newcrystalmind.com is his blog site. And for all the information on his latest book, www.blackswanghosts.com. Let me ask you something, uh, doctor. Have you uh, yourself ever had a UFO encounter? And if so, can you explain it to us? Yeah, thanks for asking that. You know, uh, in uh, Black Swan Ghosts, I detail some encounters I had. And Mm -hmm. maybe that's where this all started. When I was about 11 or 12, I went with my mom to the Everglades. She was a bird watcher in Florida. And uh, we went down from New York to Florida. And we were bird watching out there sort of later in the day, you know, big Mm -hmm. open spaces in the Everglades. You're not going to see anything else but a lot of trees and marshes and all sorts of things. And anyway, there was this huge object up in the sky that I thought was the moon. My little teenager mind said, what could that be? But it was kind of greenish and amorphous, not very well defined. I said to my mom, you know, look over there, look at the moon. And she said, she looked back at the moon and said, you know, what are you talking about? The moon's over there. So then I thought, well, I look back, the moon's over there. What's this thing over us? You know, we both had binoculars. We looked at it and it had this very clearly defined pattern of dots, white dots that formed a Z. Hmm that looked like at the bottom of the thing. So it's weird. It it was amorphous green cloud with a very clearly defined pattern of dots in it. And then the strangest thing is it had been stationary. All of a sudden it just started to move really quickly and disappeared in a cloud. It moved. And at the time I thought, well, what what could that be? I mean, I know we're at Cape Canaveral. Maybe it was a rocket launch or something, but rocket launches don't just stand still. I mean, up in the air and then move into a cloud. It just didn't make sense. The light, the power went out shortly thereafter and we sat down next to people at a ranger talk that had seen it too. And so my mom always said to me, maybe they zapped you, Simeon. <laughs> That's why you're interested <laughs> in all this stuff. Now they got to you. Because that was a very hard object to describe as anything terrestrial. And it, I got to tell you, Rob, it, it had a weird feeling to it. It just felt like it didn't belong. I don't know any other way to put it. But that could have been the real thing, you know, sure, real non-terrestrial crap. Since that original encounter, had you have you been in contact with, or do you believe that extraterrestrials or otherly world uh, residents have tried to communicate with you? No, that's the interesting thing. I actually kind of forgot about the topic after that. I read uh, John Keel's book, The Mothman Prophecies. Yeah. You know, it came out in the seventies. I just read that as a teenager. That was kind of interesting. And then I came across Timothy Good's book, uh, Above Top Secret, in 87, just by chance in an Amherst bookstore in Massachusetts where I was going to school. And But it wasn't something I ever talked about with anybody because at college, I just didn't find anyone interested in that. And it never came up. And then it really disappeared when I went to graduate school, Rob, because, I mean, that's not something they talk about in graduate school, is it, in the social sciences? Not really. You know, it's a pathology in in social science, like people who see that, you know, they're they have something, you know, they're just dis- they have a mental disorder or something. They're marginal <laughs> people. So it really disappeared. I'm telling you, I never thought about it very much. It just was way back there. What was that sighting until I 96 when I came in contact with remote viewing and I started working for Courtney as a teacher. Mm-hmm. You know, he liked my viewing style, like the fact that I had a degree. So I taught at his institute, Farsight Institute. And um People showed up there who had been associated with the government in one form or another who wanted to tell us what they had seen. People who maybe thought no one else would believe their stories. You know how it works. They start talking about it after class. And I found that fascinating because they were very credible people. So the whole topic kind of came back. But it wasn't something that I followed or really uh, never been to a UFO conference. I don't think I'd had many discussions about it with anybody until 1996. 
that's when it all started again. What happened in 1996? Well, the remote viewing class. I see. Yeah. I see. So using your remote viewing, what, what have you discovered about yourself with the ET experience that you had? Well, what we've learned from remote viewing is we have a much larger mental capacity than we're taught in school. We can get contact with a broader range of frequencies. Uh, many people maybe are familiar with the idea of channeling. Yes. Maybe they have their own favorite channel. You know, so everyone, people who know that know that you can switch to another mode of personality and not in a destructive way or a mentally ill way. In a deliberate, intentional way to bring forth other information. I, I've been around enough channeling to know that it, I, it's a real phenomenon. The people are not making it up. I mean, listen, when I first saw it in 1996, same year, I went to, you know, UFO conference. I, I encountered the entity named Bashar, channeled by Daryl Anka. I mean, I got to tell you, for the first 10, 20 minutes, I thought he's ma he's faking this, right? I had never seen channeling before. But after about half an hour, part of him said, no one could keep talking that quickly <laughs> unless something was really happening. And I, I said, there's some real information here. So we have a broader range of capacities that we're really not taught by our society. And that's what it teaches us. Now, what you do with that is up to you. Right. To, but it's there. And it, it gets deeper than that. There, there, there's other phenomena like psychokinesis, PK. I've seen very good demonstrations of this while teaching RV in Japan. My students just said, you got to go see this guy. He was very good at it uh, in the south of Japan uh, near Nagasaki. And I, I visited him a couple of times. I know that the U.S. government had evidence that uh, the Soviets were doing it back in the 70s. So PK is a real phenomenon, too. So the, the real question is, is our definition of reality incomplete? The formal scientific definition that we've all learned in school, is that just basically inadequate and incomplete? Why, why do you think that the truth has been suppressed from the public when it comes to our abilities and the abilities that we inherently have? The, the programs, Rob, that these came out of are all compartmentalized. I mean, you know what that means. They're, they're, sure. they're special access programs. You're not allowed to talk about it even to your superior officers. You sign non-disclosure agreements saying that you won't talk about it. And the people who are in that program talk about it pretty openly, like Russell Targ can. Yes. But even he, you know, Russell had to wait a while until recently for it all to be declassified, right? That, he came out with this wonderful movie called Third Eye Spies. Yep. Maybe he mentioned it. Yeah, it's excellent. Probably the best RV movie that's out there. He and Lance Mungia put it together. Now, he said he had to wait for things to be declassified. So the declassification process is slow. The people who are in it don't want to violate their secrecy agreements. And it's pretty slow to come out to the public. I think it's too slow. I think the public should – the public paid for it. The public should get it if it doesn't pose any security risk to release information. It's pretty slow though. I don't think the government necessarily suppressing it, but they don't really have anything to gain by releasing it. They only have something to lose if they violate a security protocol, right? They don't get anything by actually opening it up and they could get punished in some way. So there's some weird incentives not to talk about it. It's not, I don't think it's that the government doesn't want people to know. They're just really concerned about protecting the security around these programs. And maybe some of it's still going on. They don't want that to come out if you know something's going on. around. So it's a slow process, but – I think people like you and me and those listening to the show, we have to demand that we get the information. We're the ones that need to, to open it up. And it will open up if we insist that it does, I think. I agree. How yeah. are all these topics, uh, Simeon, connected to theories about the multiverse? Well, that's a really good question. And, you know, for a long time, people were looking at quantum mechanics as some sort of physics theory that might explain some of this. But in fact, it was Russell Targ who told us a couple times at the RV conferences, he says, I don't think this has anything to do with quantum mechanics. And I have to say, I agree with Russell now. We have newer theories that go deeper beyond quantum mechanics that explain how there can be parallel realities. Mm -hmm. One of them is called the many interacting worlds theory. It's a very recent version of multiverse theory. But basically, the idea would be that there are many different versions of the reality that we see in front of us. We're only seeing the one that we're interacting with, but that doesn't mean other ones don't exist in the same physical space. They're just at a different frequency. So you might not be tuned into them. Right. And I think multiverse theory goes a long way to explaining a lot of these phenomena, especially the latest versions of multiverse theory. Even the authors of that theory said they can't rule it out, that their theory doesn't talk about it, but it's certainly possible that we interact with other worlds. And I think that's what's going on. And what that would mean, Rob, is, 
a lot of the things we experience are not necessarily extraterrestrial. They could be coming from alternative parallel realities that are in, you know, right next to us in a sense. Sure. And that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. I think it explains a lot. And to me, it simplifies it a, a, a great deal. And you don't have to look at these phenomena anymore as paranormal. Mm-hmm. In a multiverse, they're normal. They may not be common, but they're certainly not abnormal. All right. Let me ask you a very, very down to earth question. How will society be affected by some of these theories, some of these ideas? I think in a positive way, Rob, because I think for too long we have been marginalizing people that experience this phenomena and defining them in a negative way, right? Mm -hmm. But I think if you look at a lot of what children say that they're perceiving people that have special abilities, I think we need to realize that the human being has a variety of frequencies they can operate at, not just the main one that we're taught by society, the main conscious frequency. And that we have these bills and we should explore it and, and redefine it as a positive thing. It's a part of being it's part of being an, in a multiverse. And therefore, when we have people that experience some of these phenomena, we, we don't have to label it in such a negative way. We can redefine it and realize that part of the universe is a little weird, but that's that's where we live. And it's OK. We'll find a way to deal with it. We don't it's you know, we don't have to be afraid of it. I think that's the basic bottom line. We don't need to be afraid of it. How do you think the new media culture is going to affect the multiverse theory? It's a perfect time for it to come out. I mean, look, we have all these different channels. We have your radio show. We all have our own blogs if we want to, right? We can actually have more freedom now than we ever did before to express ourselves. We can't be censored very easily at all. Look what's going on just with WikiLeaks this week. I mean, it can be reversed, right? Exactly. The centralized powers can get hacked, and all of a sudden you know everything they've been doing, right? So it's really starting to flip around quite quickly where the decentralized forces are gaining a lot of power and information. And that's really what we need for this to happen. We need a lot of different people to express their points of view. And I think the more information we bring out, the better. And I think that's the time we're in. And I think we can really do it in a good way. I think the older media channels, if they don't adapt, will just simply become obsolescent and no one will listen to them anymore. But as a sociologist yourself, is the human brain capable of processing all the data that is now available to them, uh, to the human brain, and the amount of data that people who have access to the multitude and multi-layers of data that they stream from their iPad, their iPhone, their desktop, is our brain capable of processing this without overloading and burning out? No, and that's a really good point. And that's actually what I wrote my dissertation on decades go before I even got involved in any of these new topics, mm-hmm. information overload. And that's one thing we do need to watch for is there's just so much information. How much can the brain handle every day? Does it detract from our intelligence, our memory capacity just to get overloaded with so much information, right? We all right. face this every day. Sure so we just, you just need to be somewhat disciplined about it, about what you watch, when you, you know, check your messages and email, how much you do that. Mm-hmm. You do need to structure that a little bit. Otherwise, there's just way too much, right? I mean, it's just confusing. But I think we can do it. You just need to decide what's important to you and what isn't. Kind of prioritize a little bit. Dr. Simeon Hine is our special guest. Uh, Simeon, please stand by. You and I have to take our final break for this hour. Sure. Nation, if you'd like to find out more about Dr. Simeon Hine, his blog is newcrystalmind.com. That's newcrystalmind.com. And for all the information about his new book, Black Swan Ghosts, a sociologist encounters witnesses uh, to unexplained aerial craft, their occupants, and other elements of the multiverse, his website is blackswanghosts.com. This is The Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. Monday through Friday, right here on The Exxon Broadcast Network, and then the best of The Exxon throughout the weekend. The Exxon, a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. This is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Dr. Simeon Hine is my guest. We'll both be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. 
For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Wouldn't you love to know the secret to everything? I'm Dr. Kimberly McGeorge, and on The Secret to Everything, we will merge the practical with open investigation into all realms of the mysterious. We will talk to cutting-edge alternative health practitioners, those who inspire and motivate you in business and life, and of course, we will share stories of the paranormal, conspiracy, and cryptozoology. You will transform because of the frequency I carry, the frequencies my guests carry. Life may never be the same after you listen to this program. For the secret to everything is for you, the listener. For those who desire more in every area of their lives and believe that it can still be found. Listen and discover thesecrettoeverything.com. Little children aren't the only ones afraid of the dark. Millions of soldiers return from war zones with PTSD, anger, frustration, fear, and loneliness, much of which surfaces during the darkness of the night. You have the chance to change the lives of these American heroes. Songs and Stories for Soldiers.us provides free MP3 players for these men and women. With a list of 3 million songs in 16 different styles, 100,000 audiobooks, and 30,000 old-time radio programs, every veteran can find something to soothe and comfort them at no cost. All our players contain an 8-hour audio program designed to help veterans fall asleep. With 1,500 plus vets now participating, it's our goal to deliver 10,000 audio players this year. Go to our website at songsandstoriesforsoldiers.us. Help us help a veteran make it through the night. Exonation, Dr. Simeon Hine is my special guest. www.newcrystalmind.com is his blog. And for all the information on his latest book, Black Swan Ghosts, visit www.blackswanghosts.com. You know, uh, Simeon, we were talking about the smartphones and the amount of data. A new study came out that basically said smart cars make stupid drivers. Because drivers seem to put their faith in technology and stop using their their natural senses in order when they're driving. And I'm saying, well, wow, if that can happen during the driving, what are we doing to our kids who have all uh, all these smartphones, all these smart pads and everything else? Good question, uh, Rob. Uh, It's kind of a disaster in some ways. 
because uh, we know that uh, pedestrian fatalities have been going up ever mm-hmm. since the iPhone was introduced. So that's why uh, in the United States, insurance rates have been going up for cars. Uh, people don't have that, you know, the conscious mind capacity, as we've been saying through the whole show, is kind of limited. Yeah. And if you put too much signal in there, it has to take away from other areas, including driving ability, visual perception, all these things. And if you have all those screens in the car and all these things, electronics, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's true. I mean, smartphones in some ways make dumb people smart electronics. Mm-hmm. It, it's something we have to decide how to deal with because people are distracted now. Uh, you know, it's, it's a serious situation. It's something we have to address. I, I like to bike a lot, right, where I live and uh, in Boulder, Colorado. But I'm concerned about the number of people that are looking at their phones. And I'm saying, are they going to see me if I go through the crosswalk, right? Exactly. We know they don't. And uh, uh, driving is something that should be getting safer, just like aircraft safety. Mm -hmm. It's not. It's going the other way, and it's due to all the smartphones and the electronics and the cars. So we're going to have to find some way to deal with it. I don't know. Self-driving cars, there are ways off, but we have to find a way to deal with it. I I will hate to see what happens one day if there is a massive solar flare that kind of knocks out their grid again like it did going back and what? 12, 14 years ago. Yeah. yeah. You know, what's going to happen? People are going to be stuck. I'm waiting for this one, Rob. It's it's true, but you know it's yeah, going to happen. Exactly. We've all become very dependent on this stuff, and it's so weak. This technology is ultra-fragile. It can get knocked out by the smallest. It can just become – it can stop working just because it malfunctions because the software. Everyone knows that, right? Yep. But uh, a solar flare could take us back to the Stone Age. Exactly. I know. I've talked to people at uh, some of the science institutes in Boulder who work at the weather. Mm-hmm. Our research institutes are there. They're quite concerned about this. They tell me that they meet with the federal government a couple times a year to talk about this. So if that were to happen, it, I, listen, Rob, every solar flare is different. It's like a fingerprint. They don't they're not all the same. So we don't know. But it's something that could happen at any time. And boy, what would we do without these so-called smartphones, right? Become we'd be have actually have conversations again. <laughs> Jeez, just imagine that instead of going LOL, you'd have to say <laughs> laughing out loud. Uh, yeah, you'd have to actually use your brain again. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It might not be a bad thing. I don't think anyone wants it. I'm certainly not wishing it happens. But if it does, boy, we'd see how truly dependent we've become on this stuff just in five, ten years. Dangerously so. How true. Listen, another question I'd like to ask you as a sociologist, is our society ready for UFO and ET uh, disclosure? Well, ready or not, here it comes. I don't know if we're ready, but the the worst thing is that it stays a secret. I I don't like the fact that people are afraid to talk about what they've seen. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's a civil rights issue. It's just not fair to the witnesses. I don't think it's fair that they're labeled as, you know, schizotypal or something like this. It's a type of, you know, mental disorder. It's even mentioned in the DSM manual, you know, the, 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 the psychiatrists use about belief in paranormal and UFOs. It's total BS. The research that's been done shows no correlation between people of UFO sightings and any sort of schizophrenia. It certainly could affect you in some ways to see something that you can't describe, certainly. but it's not a condition. So I call it the national insecurity state. That's what we're living in right now, the national insecurity state, because everyone knows there's something to this phenomena. We don't know exactly all the details, but everyone has a relative somewhere who's seen something or someone who served in the military yep. that's seen something that they don't want to talk about, right? Exactly. Maybe they had a drink or two. Maybe they do it as a deathbed confession. Why not? Why don't we just bring this out in the open and let's find out what's going on? I'm sure we can deal with it together. But I don't like the fact that people are afraid to talk about something that they know they've seen. I just don't think that's healthy, and I think we have to get beyond that. So I'm in favor of moving forward, and if we're not ready for it, we'll, we will be once we start talking about it. See, I've got my own little theory on, on the conspiracy. Sure. I, I don't think it's the government who's perpetrating the conspiracy. I don't think it's the Vatican or any religious philosophy. I think it's the UFO community itself. Mm-hmm. Because as long as the conspiracy is in place— they can make whatever claim they want without substantiating the claim with proof. Exactly. You know, but what? Yes. No, the UFO community has become part of the problem here. Uh, It's never substantiated by good research. Um, uh, I've encountered this recently. Look, I had a lot of training as a social scientist. Mm -hmm. There are ways of dealing with data and information. And the way you deal with it is you make it all public so that everyone can look at it and look and come up with 
ideas that you want it to be open. You, and it, it, right now it's very closed. And uh, you, it has to be opened up. And we have to get beyond these little pet theories that we each have about what's going on because we all have a piece of the puzzle. We'll only find the whole jigsaw puzzle if we put all the pieces together. We have to work together to do this and not protect our turf. You know what I mean? I could be wrong about ideas. I have. You could be too. But the healthy thing is just to admit that and keep going on to get to the larger picture and not defend your own little fiefdom of your particular angle on what who are they're from and what who they are. We don't really know. And as you're saying – there's not a lot of facts to back up a lot of this. I love reading about the subject, but it needs to be substantiated by real facts, right? What and, about all, and, what about all these re reality TV shows, whether it's with Bigfoot, UFOs, ghosts, yeah. or whatever? What effect do these have on society? You know, if they're done in a good way, it could be a very positive effect. But mm -hmm. often, all too often, it's it. They start out the shows by showing something real, and then they kind of ridicule their own information, right? In the second half, right? Uh, you know, the our own Defense Department here in the U.S. paid for uh, a documentary in the early '70s, UFOs, uh, past, present, and future. Uh, UFOs. The, I think it was called UFOs. The contact has begun. UFOs. The relabeled past, present, and future. And uh, it was produced by Robert Emmenegger, who worked yes. with President Nixon. Yeah, excellent document. It's on YouTube. Yeah, and uh, excellent documentary filmed in the Pentagon. They had unlimited access to anything they wanted. The government, for some reason, the Air Force pulled it about a couple of weeks before it was supposed to be released, uh, and it just became a small thing instead of a big thing. But they they paid two hundred fifty thousand dollars for the film. Listen, that's a very good film. There's no ridicule in it. So it can be done in the right way. They did it that way. I don't know why it doesn't have that stature now, but uh, our own government has come pretty close at times to telling the truth about it. For some reason, every time they pull back, but I ultimately agree with you. It's not a question of the government doing this. It's a question of all of us just demanding that the truth come out about whatever it is about this subject, whatever the truth is. I love what you said about, you know, the jigsaw puzzle, because I've used that so many times. Oh, you have, yeah. Where we all have a piece of the jigsaw puzzle to every mystery in life in our pocket. All we have to do is go to a big table, put our put our jigsaw puzzle pieces on the table, yes. and work together on the jigsaw puzzle until it's complete as a unit, as a family, a as a species. Yep. Uh, listen... I, I agree with that approach. I uh, attended that event called the Citizen Hearing uh, Disclosure in 2013 at the National Press Club. Right. Put on by the Paratime Research Group. I yeah, think that Stephen was a Bassett. Yeah. What was that? And put out by Stephen Bassett. Stephen Bassett. Yeah. They had five retired congressmen, yeah. a senator. I got to talk to all of them. You had lunch with the senators and Congress. It was really good. I thought it was a very serious effort. Uh, the media just chose to ridicule it. I, I was talking to the New York Times photographer there, he said, this is the best material I've ever seen. He said this to me. I asked him what he thought about it. the best material I've ever seen. I can't get them to send anyone down from New York City to cover it. Oh, wow. Can you imagine that? Uh, excellent material. Some really good witnesses, people from the military guy, uh, Colonel Oscar Santa Maria from Peru, who had gotten in a dogfight. I mean, they'd ordered him up over a base to get in a dogfight with this object that absorbed all of his 30 millimeter rounds and nothing happened to it up and down. You know, he couldn't, he couldn't catch it. Uh, and, uh, he's plenty of great witnesses and the media chose not to report on it. Like they usually do the mainstream media. Mm -hmm. And it's partly, you know, we're not getting our dollars worth out of the media. They should cover it and at least not make fun of it. They, they, they treated it so unscientifically, the Washington post, especially I read their articles. It was ridiculous. They said, but they, talk to psychologists and it's a type of a schizophrenia. Give me a break. You know, radar doesn't have schizophrenia. You have good cases on radar <laughs> like that flight 1628 in 1986 over Anchorage, Alaska, yeah. that the FAA, the JAL flight, break. they had a meeting about it. Yeah. But I, I think the UFO community has to take a bit of the responsibility for the way mainstream sure. media looks at them because a lot of the stuff that they feed mainstream media is a bunch of bunk. Um, yeah. I forget his, his first name, but his uh, family name is Ventry. He's one of the MUFON directors in Pennsylvania. After Flight 370 uh, disappeared, he put out a press release that Flight uh, three, uh, was MH370 was abducted by a yeah. giant UFO. Now, I know. They're, 
there is so much BS in yeah. in the UFO community, isn't there? And we have to clean that up. Uh, so you're partly right. I mean, it, it's been a lot of it. But this citizen hearing was a good attempt. I, you know, not every yep. single witness, but the vast majority of them are really good. And it's still it was just something that was seen as something not to take seriously. I, I talked to Merrill Cook afterwards. Mm-hmm. He he said he was very convinced. He's a senator, a, con, a former congressman from Utah. He said he was very convinced by the evidence and thought it at a minimum it was a flight safety issue. So. so- if you could reach people like him, you could reach the entire Congress if they were willing to address it. I mean, C-SPAN could have turned on their cameras. Sure they could the They never did. Never, L- listen, Simeon, you and I have to say so long for tonight. I want to thank you so okay. much for joining us. Anytime you're available, let me know. We'll get you back on. This sure. is interesting stuff, thank, and we have to get the word out. I really enjoyed it. Simeon, take care of yourself. Exo Nation, Dr. Simeon Hine has been our guest. www.newcrystalmind.com and www.blackswanghost.com. I'm Rob McConnell. This is The X Zone. I'll be back on the other side of the news. Whatever you do, don't go away. Music.